0: Good afternoon, you are on the panel on RNZ National. Uh, Lavina Good and James Elliott with me quite a bit on snoozing too. How do you wake up? So keep those coming. Uh, 2101 by text. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz and the panel is on Apple Spotify and iHeart. But to this first, around 900 businesses in Aotearoa will be required to report their gender pay gap in a bid to increase equity in the workplace and increase transparency for workers. The government has said it'll launch a reporting system for businesses and encourage them to release action plans addressing the drivers of the gaps. A number of uh, companies already like Zero, the Warehouse Group and Tower, they Voluntarily publish their gender pay gaps. The plan is to shrink that 9.2% pay gap between men and women. With us is Associate Professor at Otago's Business School's Department of Accountancy and Finance, Helen Roberts. Kia ora, Helen. Kia ora. So, companies with over 250 people have to publish a gender pay gap. That's the idea, although it may not come after the before the election. Uh, this announcement, welcome.
1: Yes, I think so. I think anything that will help to increase understanding and transparency around the gap and try and address some of the issues that are causing it, really, really important.
0: The pay gap was 16.3% in 1998, 9.1%. Uh, in 2011, but that's stagnated over the past 10 years. It hasn't sort of moved. Why is that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, there are some drivers around pay gap, you know, one of them being discrimination, one of them being that, you know, women often take roles that take them out of workplace for a while including childcare and care of ageing parents. And they all contribute to this pay gap because when they re-enter back into that workplace, they don't re-enter at the same level as they left. And that obviously slows down our promotion and all of the the pay and reward
2: systems that come with that.
0: What's your view on this, Lavina?
2: I really don't like the term gender pay gap. I'm actually embarrassed by it. Um, I really think New Zealand wants to be an inclusive sort of forward-thinking country and we need to identify the pay gaps and also the percentages of male to female workers in our workplaces, so... You know, there's industries out there retail-related that are supported really heavily more by female shoppers and yet managed or owned primarily by men. So I think we need to identify several levels of it. It starts from the top. It's interesting for me, um, Helen, I was going to ask you, I've got three teenage children, one female and two male, and as it stands, I live in a country that when they graduate or head off to uni or head into the workforce, unfortunately my female daughter will be paid at this stage 9% less than her brothers. And I'm just really curious, how has this legislation not even been drafted yet? Because until it's drafted, we really can't do anything about it. And we need to be more like Norway and Iceland and reduce these gender pay gaps. So why hasn't it been drafted? Yeah, and I think, you
1: know, we need to put pressure onto government to make this information more readily available, but also to look at ways that we change the way the work uh, labour force is divided because you're right, a lot more women in those lower paid industries and that reflected again in that gender pay gap. And I think too, you know, if I even look at Australia, they've got the WGEA, you know, it's a special agency that dedicated to addressing issues around gender pay gap and working with companies actively uh, to remove it. We don't have anything similar in New Zealand.
0: Mm. Yeah, Jan mm. says it's hard to believe that it's over 50 years since women started fighting for equal pay, for equal work. This is shocking. James?
3: Yeah, I'm interested in how the metrics are done, Helena, how the measurements are done uh, in order to determine that there is a gap because I know there's lack of international consensus on that issue, so that would be a question for introducing the legislation, I guess. How is the, basically how is the gap measured?
1: Yeah, and I mean, New Zealand stats I think does a good job, it, it's hard to measure, so they're using median hourly male pay rates and the gap between that and female pay rates divided by male median hourly pay rates and there's some good rationale to why they take the hourly rate as opposed to a weekly or an annual income just because of differences around part and full-time employees so i think that's a good accepted standard international and i think using something and sticking with it and consistently going back and measuring comparing what's happening is the right way forward and then it becomes a matter of why is the gap not going down
0: Helen, is there a bit of an ethnic lens on this as well? I see for every $1 a Pākehā man earns, uh, a Pākehā woman earns $0.89, a Māori man earns $0.86, a Pacifica man $0.81, a Māori woman $0.81, and for every dollar Mm. a Pākehā man earns, a Pacifica woman earns $0.75. Um, some pretty big differences when you drill down uh, by ethnicity.
1: Very much so. So gender pay gap is one part of the story, but certainly ethnic gender pay gap is a big contributing factor and the New Zealand statistics are shocking. It's really, really time to address this gap and and look to remove it.
0: I mean, that again, Lavina. Uh, 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 a yeah, man, a dollar, a Pacific woman, 75 cents, that's extraordinary. It,
2: it's horrid. It's, it's just ridiculous when you hear those statistics, Wallace. Like I said at the start, I, I don't like the term gender pay gap because I can't believe we have it here in New Zealand as a, as a mother and a working woman. It just horrifies me. But to think even, you know, if we introduce ethnicity or even disability pay gaps as well, mm-hmm. I guess that must be on the cards after we've addressed this. But the fact that it hasn't even been drafted yet, there's nothing happening at Parliament for the next couple of months, let me tell you that it won 't go through this term it 's almost too late and we 're already behind so many countries in the world. I hope one day people will look upon us when my kids are older, whether or not they're male or female. people will look at New Zealand as not having the gender pay gap. I really hope that one day just will on happen.
0: That, just on that personal note you mentioned Lavina. you know you've got a daughter you've got a son there uh, and uh, just that difference you know they get out of university go into the world and uh, there will be that nine percent difference does that does that weigh in your mind does that weigh on um, all the time. Your, your children's mind.
2: Absolutely, all the time. My, our Matamua, our eldest child, is a um, university graduate, a um, a head go- girl at her school and also was the ducks of her school and now has a scholarship to go study in the United States of America. Her brothers are exceptionally smart as well but haven't matched up to her academic ability, but it makes no difference here in New Zealand because later on when you get into that workforce, on average she could face a 9% reduction in wage compared to her brothers. That does not sit well with me or her, or her brothers, or her father. And I think the one thing we can do, thanks to Professor Helen Roberts and those that are helping us get this message out there, is to say it's not acceptable anymore to have a gender pay gap. In in fact, it's so old-fashioned and archaic that we do not accept it at all in our country.
0: Um, Now, um, Helen, just picking up on uh, that, I just want to sort of come back to this pay gap, 9.2. It's come down. uh, It was 16.3, but I understand the research calls it unexplained factors. They don't quite know why that gap is there. Am I right?
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, just as Lavina's pointed out, women are as well-educated as men now. They're entering professions probably in higher proportions than men in some cases certainly medicine and some of those professions where there was underrepresentation historically that's no longer the case they're graduating out of you know tertiary and uh, secondary institutions with high levels of achievement so we can't go back to those traditional factors and say oh it's really qualification they can't meet the entry level for those appointments and therefore we don't see them in those higher echelons but even CEO remuneration now on in- and international studies are showing the same pay gap problem for women uh, relative to men on uh, CEO remuneration levels who are you know, at the, the highest echelon of leadership in organisations, but it still exists. So. Right.
0: And a question from a listener, uh, just finishing off on this, uh, Helen, uh, regarding the gender pay gap, is it true that women gravitate towards work that was at the lower pay scale? For example, men might tend to go for higher pay work that involves STEM skills.
1: Maybe historically that was true, but again, I don't think that's that's the case today. No, I don't think so. That's not the reason. Mm
0: -mm. Very interesting, Uh, and I'd be keen to follow Mm. this Mm. up here. That's uh, Associate Professor Helen Roberts there from uh, Otago University, the Business School uh, Department of Accountancy and Finance. It is coming up to 17 past four. The panel are NZ National on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple, and we have James... Uh, Lavina Good and James Elliott uh, just I remember just <laughs> in, the, awesome. in the nick of time didn't I <laughs> not really no, you got not, it. not really you got it, you got it. anyway you got but it. you know why because I was thinking about the great game and I was thinking about this game that I managed to catch part of and I was thinking I wish I'd watched the whole thing going to the FIFA Women's Football World Cup where all eyes on the quarter finals Spain versus Netherlands now, Netherlands were runners up at the last World Cup 2019 in Wellington today, they've just finished. Our guest will tell us the score. And tonight at 7.30, we have Japan versus Sweden at Eden Park. And in Wellington, at the game, we have senior journalist at Stuff Zoe George. Kia ora, Zoe.
4: Hello. Don't even get me started on gender pay gaps in sports because we'll be here
2: all
0: <laughs> yes.
4: day. Indeed, uh, but, yeah. But you know what? They say you can't beat Wellington on a good day. And Wellington has turned it out today with another record crowd. The sun was shining and it was a spicy meatball of a game between Spain and the Netherlands 2-1, just so much fun, really great to see so many people out and supporting it, beautiful
0: Was this a shock, was this a shock surprise?
4: Um, well Spain came in as favourites into this game even though as you said, uh, Netherlands are the you know, runners up from the 2019 game both teams were incredibly physical and really fought for the ball but, um, but Spain just kind of dominated uh, and so I don't think it's a surprise. Uh, also, my cat Frank has been doing his predictions and he picked Spain today, so <laughs> we'll, we'll claim that one as a win. Um, but tonight's game is going to be one heck of a game between Japan and Sweden, and my pick is whoever wins that game will go on to be in the final. Um, both teams are incredibly strong. Uh, Japan is looking clinical and have just had a beautiful run all the way mm. through, and they're just So wonderful to watch. Sweden, they have been based here in Upper Hutt, uh, just out of Wellington. So Wellington's kind of adopted Sweden a little bit. Uh, So it'll be nice to see them get through too. But it's going to be a really great game.
0: Yes. Now, um, the Swedish coach said that the physical game of the USA is not something that we'll be playing. That's what the Swedish coach said. They need to try and stop Japan's passing game, uh, Zoe. Zoe.
4: Yes, that's right. And when you look at the two teams, the Swedish are quite tall, and yeah. Japan are not. They're fun yes. sized, uh, and so it's going to be a very different style of football that we'll see tonight at Eden Park. But either way, you know both teams have played incredibly well, have been unbeaten through this tournament, and so it's going to be a heck of a game. Then tomorrow night we've got Australia and France. I really want Australia to get through. It would be great to have a host do nation you? go through. Yeah, I do. We should be supporting, even though we're biggest rivals with Australia, we should be supporting our trans Tasman sisters and co-hosts here. Uh, and then on, uh, and then later tomorrow night, we've got England, Colombia. Now, Colombia are incredibly physical, and we saw that against Jamaica, uh, and that is going to be a heck of a game as well. England are Euro champions. You know, they brought in 90,000 at Twickenham uh, for the Euros uh, recently. so. It's amazing. It's going to be a really busy weekend. And come the end of next weekend after the final, I am not going to watch any more football for the foreseeable future.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lavina, I'm sure you've been uh, following uh, following this.
2: I have. I'm so glad Zoe's on the show, and I feel really privileged to be on the show as well because I've been encapsulated by the Women's FIFA World Cup. And I know you dodged it like a bullet, uh, Zoe, but I'm going to introduce the fact in terms of gender pay gaps, I do know FIFA invests more than $600 million into the men's game and they've yep. decided to invest $160 million into the women's game. So whilst our football fans ponder that and the effect it will have on women in sport, I'd like to mm. say it's so good to have this event in our country. At the start of the tournament, Zoe, not going to lie, I might have tipped it was Australia and Japan to go all the way through. If I would have put 50 bucks on it and it happens, I would have shouted you lots and lots of champagne because I would be rolling in it. And I did think that Spain would win today. But how good has this competition been? And to think that Colombia is the only America's team to make it through to the quarters. No one would have guessed that at the start of the tournament. And, Zoe, my question for you is I was critical of the 32-team format. I did not think it would work. I did not think it would resonate globally. I feel as though it has worked how do you feel about the 32 teams in this competition?
4: I think it's great and I think we should expand it. The men's competition's going to 48, so why not equality for women? Uh, and in regards to that gender pay, what is so fascinating as well is that each of the players will get around 45,000 New Zealanders a base rate and then wherever they finish in the tournament, they get more than that. But what happens is that FIFA feed it into their federations who then feed it to them, which means players like Nigeria, who have open up this week because they haven't been paid in two years um you know they're saying that they've got massive issues with this now FIFA have said they want to close the pay gap including the prize money gap in time for the next World Cup it's going to be a bit of an undertaking but it's worth it women are 100% worth it I'm with you
2: Zoe I'm with you my girl
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start with a grammar point Spain versus the Netherlands it's plural Country, got to use that. Sure. Yeah, and no, I, I heard you earlier, Wallace. It's the Netherlands. It's the United States. I know it's uh,
0: I know it's Hawke's Bay, correct. not the Hawke's Bay. Yeah, only if it's true.
3: <laughs> yeah. but I didn't know that. Yeah. Are you sure? Absolutely. The Philippines, the United States, the Netherlands, plural. Anyway, football. Moving on. I was at the game last week to see Spain, and I'm not surprised they won. They they have got that beautiful triangle passing like their men's team do. They're just a joy to watch, and I'll be there for Sweden Japan tonight. Uh, my family apparently we're Team Apper, so we'll be supporting the uh, Swedish team, I believe. Tonight. But I mean, I've seen foot rugby at, at Eden Park since the '80s, and that last week, uh, Sweden, uh, sorry, Spain and Switzerland, forty-three thousand people at Eden Park. It was it was just brilliant. So I thought oh, it's been wonderful. I have a question about a gap for um, uh, for Zoe, the velocity gap, Zoe, about the English penalty taker and the speed oh, of the yeah. ball. yeah,
4: amazing! Like more than a hundred kilometres. It was Chloe just Kelly, just mm, massive. Oh, bonkers. I
0: mean, as, uh, the, yeah. I was going to say, as, as I understand, because I wanted to ask about that too, her penalty, Chloe's penalty, was faster than any goal recorded in last season's men's Premier League in England, last season, with the best, their best being 107. Callie's was 111, uh, and 107 was from West Ham's Said Ben Rama against Crystal Palace. Uh, uh, just extraordinary. Oh,
4: it's so beautiful. Who says women aren't strong and powerful uh, on the football field or in life in general? Um, the the quality of game, the product that we've been seeing here at the World Cup has been world class. We've seen world class athletes. We've had sold out stadiums, not only in New Zealand, but Australia as well. And in fact, Tomorrow night at the MCG for the AFL, they're putting the game between Melbourne and Carlton back a few minutes so that they can broadcast the (laughs) Matildas game on the big screen. I mean, how amazing is this? Everyone's getting on board. And I must admit, I have had a few tears in my eyes just because I've been so overjoyed by how New Zealanders have got behind it, got behind women. Hopefully, this is the start of a really beautiful thing that just doesn't stop because Sport is for all, not just for some, and I hope it inspires Mm. people to put on the boots or join a board or pick up the whistle or become a coach because we all belong, and it's just been so beautiful to see magnificent crowds and the quality of play. Um, I'm so glad that we've been hosts. It's been wonderful.
0: Good on you, Zoe. Always a pleasure to talk (laughs) with you on the panel. I appreciate it. That's uh, Zoe George, your senior journalist, and, uh, yes, I heard uh, earlier that uh, women's football has been getting more interest than the English Premier League, soon to start. And that is history-making. It's, it's quite something, isn't it, uh, Lavina?
2: Yeah, it's special. And, and it would come as a surprise to so many people. And I guess there were many that thought at the start of this tournament, we'll back it and support it because we are the hosts. But there were others that thought we will back it and support it because the best female footballers from across the globe will come and embark upon mm. our shores and will entertain us with the finest football that we have ever seen. The crowd, 17,000 people turning up to watch Portugal play in a match that meant nothing, (laughs) just tells you that women's (laughs) sport is on the way up, and thanks to women's football, we can take our hats off and say this has been a great tournament. We've done great to host it, and I really do hope, along with what Zoe said, that Australia can continue on their merry way to have a host nation do well, means we are sisters in arms.
0: 25 past 4, 26 past 4, the panel, RNZ uh, National. Always a pleasure to have your company Friday afternoon here and we are with James Elliott and Lavina. Good uh, this afternoon. Well, to this, National MP Sam Uffendale says he steps in once a month to do the shopping to help out. At least once a month I get out there and take the... The, uh, the shopping list off my wife and go out there and fill up the trolley. Not only is it an excellent way to get a bit of publicity with a National Party jacket on my back looking like the everyday man, it gives my wife a break and um, I get to understand what the, what the current prices are. That's right. And people have been saying what they do to help out their wife or partner uh, on social media. One says, uh, after my wife cleans the house, brings me tea all day long and cooks dinner. I step up and wash the dish- dishes for her. Another one says, I call out from the couch. That's the washing machine beeping. Uh, <laughs> someone else says, uh, I pick my underwear up from the bathroom floor and throw them into the laundry. And here's one. I play video games with the kids so my wife can cook in peace. Um, <laughs> But around the panel on this, do you think, and some people say, Adrian says, this is a beat-up. If you're an MP, you've got a heavy workload, and these people who are getting down on Sam Uffendale for only, quote-unquote, shopping once a month, would probably be just as happy to jump on another bandwagon if someone derided him for wasting his time in the supermarket when he should be working hard for constituents. That's what I think. And a few people actually say that, Lavina, that this is just a beat-up and he's a very, very busy man.
2: Oh, look, old Sammy, you got to be careful what you wish for, Sam. If you want some publicity, you've generally got it by generating this comment, I'll be honest. As soon as I heard it, I thought, oh, my gosh, I didn't realise he was misogynistic in the first place. Because it, is it he saying, I'm doing it It's because it's my wife's job and I want to give her some rest from that particular task, which is shopping. For the family, I just really think right now with the cost of surviving crisis, he should probably spend more time at the supermarket assessing what the community needs and feels, assessing the, the price of food and realising what he needs to do to benefit the community. It's, it's not her job that comes from conditioning and we've dealt with that throughout the panel throughout the last hour today discussing conditioning and what people think women should get paid, what women should be doing, what jobs they should embark upon. I wonder if Sam's wife would say to him, you know what, Sam, I'm going to be an MP for a day, once a month, just to give you a break, Sam, just to just to take take the task off you and make sure it's not too much trouble. I wonder how he would well, react
0: to that. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a comment that may not have come out the best, but members of Parliament, they do have a... Very busy, busy diary, Lavina. You know, often morning to night, um, Uffendale might not be at home for much of the time. You know, so this is his uh, his way of contributing to the household.
2: The way it came across to me, Wallace and James, and maybe you do have a different opinion. It is it is a a female job to go and get the shopping for the house, and I'm going to give my wife a break from that. I'm not sure what Sam Uffindale's wife does um, for a living. I'm sure she's a very busy woman, but to say that it is a female task and her task, I think that just sounded absolutely ridiculous. And he's made some mistakes in the past, and I really do believe he should read through his speech notes prior to making these mistakes again, because it doesn't look great, Sam.
3: Look, well, I I go shopping. I'm going to say it's I go shopping to give my wife a break, but it's a break from me that I'm giving her uh, by doing the shopping <laughs> by doing the shopping. So yeah. I agree. She lets was, you go
4: on your
2: own. She lets yeah, you go on
3: your own. She's thrilled for me to go. Yeah, absolutely. Get out of the house. Uh but I agree. So you agree I, with this? I agree. I oh, know I think it was very sort of ham fisted. Maybe she He talked d- about wearing a national party clothing in the supermarket as well.
0: Just being honest, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a great way to get a bit of branding, get a bit of campaigning there. Uh, well, campaigning. hey, Wallace, what
2: about you? Would, do you give your wife a break by, by doing the shopping once a month? And if you did, would you announce that um, into the national media? I'm going to do the supermarket shopping. I'd love – actually, can we dial in your wife at the moment? Wallace, that would be great <laughs> should, to hear you. if, you're, listen, if like, you're listening, text 2-1-0-1. Please text in. I'm going to do my wife a favour – By doing the shopping for her once a month, man, you're quite a guy, Wallace. You're quite a guy. You're really thinking about her. You're amazing. You really are amazing. I'm going to put you on that pedestal with your jacket, yes, and not
0: necessarily vote. Yeah, but what you don't know is what you can't see. Have you? You you don't know that Sam Uffendale might chop the wood or do the lawns. He might do stuff around the house. He might be. Painting, uh, you know, he might be doing other stuff around the house. You don't Yeah, know
2: but that. chopping the wood, Wallace, we talked about my kids earlier. I would never say to my sons, can you chop the wood and mow the lawns and say to my daughter, can you fold the washing and make dinner? Right. That's that's creating conditioning, and that creates pay, equity, gaps. That's what happens. You can't say that anymore. That's not how we should be thinking and feeling. We are all equal in our whanau. We're all equal in the community. And I'm really, really interested if Sam regrets making that comment that he does the shopping once a month to give his wife
4: a break.
0: All right, can I just say for the record that in the Chapman household, <laughs> uh, we do the shopping every Sunday together. So you go. One uh, dream, one that... team, Wallace. One dream, one team. <laughs> uh, indeed. All right, you are on Friday's panel. Power Bell on Friday coming very shortly.